This episode of Food for Thought is brought to you by the new, fresh, charming, and oh-so-romantic YA novel, This is Kind of an Epic Love Story. St. Thomas-born author Corinne Callender calls her new novel A Love Letter to Queer People of Color, and it is on sale now, wherever books are sold. Now, on to the show! You guys ready? <laughs> Welcome to season three of Food for Thought, Get out. a podcast gab fest run a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, mm. culture, <laughs> what we like to read, and who we like to read. Fran just fell out of his I'm chair. Reco- still recovering from that bone chilling laugh. <laughs> like... Waking up the souls of thousands of thoughts of yesteryear. <laughs> Sex me so good I say blah, Summoning blah, them blah, like blah. it's some fucking... It's, it's like slutty Pandora's box. Just <laughs> unleashing all these slutty demons. Sluts coming Very back true. from the grave. Food for thought. Where every day is cheat day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, screenwriter, and my fourth book is coming out in fall 2019, proving Ooh. once and for all four books in four years, I am, in fact, that binge. Yes, yes you are. I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and my drag queen name is Virginia Slim, but my drag king name is Girth Brooks. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh. I oh, believe there's you're a- straight. Are you straight now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I- Jigs up. It's been three seasons. I've been straight the whole time. What if that was actually the rumor? Oh my god, she loves the twist. She lives for the drama, mama. <laughs> I have never seen you suck dick personally, so who knows? I, know. I am Joseph Osmondson. Obviously, you did not get that sexy. <laughs> my publicists are doing a great job, is what you're telling me. A scientist, nonfiction writer, total top, as always, oh and the God. food for thought originator of sticking out your tongue in pictures. Oh my God, that's not true. That I is so it. true. I did it first. <laughs> Find me the receipts. Slander. Slander. I will never forgive either of you for slander. that. It I invented so it. Gross. Ned Slander. Um, and hi, guys. I'm back. Hey. I'm Dennis. <laughs> Reader, writer, former figure skater, and... It is my life's work to work Michelle Kwan into every conversation. You're doing a great every job, day. sweetie. You're doing a great job, also, sweetie. Also, plus. <laughs> Dear reader, replay that at Dennis's intro with the context that we have deemed Dennis with the affect of a YouTuber, a white YouTuber. <laughs> a white, like, makeup tutorial YouTuber that's like, hey, guys. Gucci. How's it going? This is my unboxing oh, video. I am. <laughs> So tired, you guys. Let's do this anyway. Listen, oh. you can you can take the Becky out of the valley, but you can't take the valley out of the Becky. That is an oh uncanny God. valley. <laughs> Who wants to tell us what we got on the menu this I week? I got it, everybody. This week, all of us fuck Rihanna. We give good advice from at least one doctor. Mm. It's me. Uh, <laughs> we conclusively decide that Mimi isn't a diva, not anymore. Fuck you, Fran. Oh my God. And we knock on the window pane of one of the greatest voices of all time. Take it away. I'm feeling a little peckish, so let's start the top of this show the way any good top should, with the little tease, our uproarious (laughs) appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our booshes today... (gasps) 
Fran got a little game for us. That's Ooh. right. So Daddy. the theme of today's episode is divas. So it only makes sense to gamify the meat of this episode with a healthy <laughs> little helping of Bone Block Bench. I'm game. My that divas day. edition. Such it's gonna, good copy, Fran. I know, right? <laughs> divas edition. So if you're not familiar with our um, game, which we coined and created very originally, Bone Block Bench is pretty much the exact same thing as Mary Fuck Kill, um, but thoughtified. So mm. Bone means you like you need them you gotta have them like even if it's just for one night like you're just gonna fuck their brains out bench is like you want to like you you're gonna put them on the sidelines like maybe you want to play the long game with them like that doesn't mean like they're out of your life forever but like you want to put them on the bench Mm -hmm. and block is like what happens after all of joe's tinder matches go on one date with him Um, no that's report (laughs) (laughs) i'm bone 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 and they're block 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 Um, And so another disclaimer here, I will not be playing softball. There are no easy, there are no easy balls that I will be throwing (laughs) at you today. Okay, I'm out. See you guys later. There have been too many entendres. So to start off this game of Bone Block Bench Divas Edition, we have Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Lady Gaga. Hey, okay, this is Tommy. I'm going to. Uh, bl- oh God, am I? If I say that, this, oh, this is going to oh, sound God. so homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Tommy Pico is a homophobe. Does, does not liking Lady Gaga make me a homophobe? Yes. Okay. No. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. I'm, oh God. Okay. So I guess I would have to um, bone Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and for the long con, I would um, bench Britney Spears, and I would. I'm sorry, I'd have to block Lady Gaga. Wow. But, you know, she don't got, we're playing that telephone bold. game, she don't got my number. So here's the thing, I also have to bone Christina Aguilera. Same. But I am kind of surprisingly a Lady Gaga stan. Like, I don't oh, love her music, grand. but her as a person just fills me with so much joy. She said so many things that have inspired me in years past that I just like, I gotta stand for her. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna block Britney Spears. Like, I Oof. didn't grow up on Britney Spears. She didn't raise me. Like, I'm just not, I'm not here this for This is gonna make us very unpopular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no right answer. Oh, with Fran, all, all, all the answers are wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to bone Britney Spears because I feel like she's a lazy bottom and I'm a lazy bottom and it's fine. But, but two lazy bottoms is... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. Um, no, yeah. I relate to her. I relate to her. What do two lazy um, bottoms make if not just... If, uh, not, just, <laughs> if, if just, not just Netflix and that's what I was actually lying. chilling. Just, just lying next to each other in a bed. perfectly fine for me right now because oh I God. also have no libido. Um, no, <laughs> I'm gonna... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And then I'm... <laughs> I'm gonna block Gaga as well because I'm mm. not the biggest fan of her. And I'm going to play the long game with Christina because she's actually my fave. Okay. I love her. Mm-hmm. Stripped love was her. a very good album. Stripped was yeah. a very good album. True. And you know Ahead what? Time. People mm-hmm. be sleeping on Lotus, but that also was a pretty good album. Mm-hmm. Bionic. There are some mm-hmm. jams on Bionic. <laughs> I don't know why no one listens to her anymore. She's still really awesome. Anyway. So um, how about Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Azalea Banks. Oh, oh no! There oh. is. I want to block so many people. <laughs> God, go, wow. Joe. Fran, I think I, you know, boning crazy can be really, 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 really fun. So I think I'm gonna bone Azalea. Oh, that's uh-huh. a great answer. Yeah, you know, okay, the yeah. thing Azalea about crazy is they fuck crazy good. Azalea, they fuck crazy. Azalea yeah. would top the great shit out of me. Yeah, hopefully not literally. She would beat it down. I would them. block. Nikki, because oh, Nikki, baby, yeah, there is, yeah. yeah. and I'm benching Cardi because Cardi long game, long like, that game is like that Forever. is Cardi is wifeable. Great answer. I'm gonna have the same answer. Oh, Dennis. Okay, 
I'm definitely like I have to block Azealia. I'm a little scared of her. I, I'm not. I, I can't like, handle that ride. Don't you want to sleep with people you're old, just ride. a little afraid of? A little afraid of, not a lot afraid okay. of. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm going to also um, play the long game with Cardi, and I'm gonna bench. I, or sorry, I'm gonna. Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> oh my god, already confused. Okay, so this is Teebs. I am definitely. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bone Nikki because okay, bone all Nikki. she really ta- raps about is fucking, and it's I'm just true. like she's oh, got to wow. be very, very good at it. I'm. I would believe her. I'm huh. worried that if Nikki, if I fucked Nikki, I would like some sort of like repercussive element would like propel me out of the room, and I would just be fully like just injured. Yeah, out of, out of, no, out of the universe. Like seriously you an injured. Yeah, yeah. You become dark matter. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would just be her ass. And I say that with love. I love I'm, ass, I'm but, down for that ride. <laughs> I'm also gonna I'm gonna bench Cardi because I, she's just gonna be around for a bit, and um, I'd have to block Azalea, I guess. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Um, one more tough one. Actually, these are all tough. But oh. Mariah Carey, Beyonce. Oh my God, Rihanna. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Okay, oh I'm, my God. I'm totally. I am totally smashing Rihanna because like yes. she yes. would do that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm benching um um uh, Beyonce because yeah. like she's just gonna. That's forever. That's forever. That's, 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 that's forever. Love. That's, mm-hmm. that's that is Bye, my Mariah. president. Bye, Mariah. <laughs> and, and Bye, to, Mariah. President. Well, and ironically, get the fuck out. Mariah. <laughs> oh my God. CTFO. Really? Oh, wow. CTFO Mariah. Oh, Sorry. Wow. I feel bad. I would Love never want to block Mariah, but like, I'm Listen, block tough Mariah. choices have to yeah. be made, honey. It's true. Okay. It's fine. The queen demands sacrifices. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so, uh, Disney Villains Edition Ursula the Sea Witch, mm. Maleficent, mm. Cruella Deville. Um, I am definitely see me and Ursula go way back, so that's my bench. <laughs> that's your bench, um, yeah. Yes, and we steal voices, we break men, we do all that kind of stuff. Um, we make barters, <laughs> yeah, bartering each other's souls. I just love singing about poor unfortunate souls. That's good for me. Um, yeah. I would have to block um, Cruella Deville, and I, you know, Maleficent. You know, you know, you know. I guess we can get down. We can get down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm blocking I'm, Maleficent. Um, wow. Hands down, I'm boning Ursula and I'm benching Cruella. Wow. Um, I want forever access to that closet. Interesting. <laughs> oh, me too. <gasps> I'm also yes. going to bench Cruella. That's a great answer, but then yeah. I'm going to fuck <laughs> Maleficent. Oh. And I'm going to block Ursula, which oh. makes me really sad. Wow. But I can't trust her. I mean, I can't trust any of these. Any of your, no, your poor, that's... unfortunate soul is but... truly poor and unfortunate. Yeah, oh. it's true. <laughs> Joe? Um, bone, bone, bone. Yeah, okay. that's yeah, a great, just, great answer. I want a bottom for all. <laughs> Joe's life. <laughs> Boy Divas edition. Russell Crowe. Um, Mel Gibson. Okay, um, I see. I get the con on this one. Kanye West. Block, 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 Kill me now. You have to fuck someone. Russell Crowe. You're boning Russell Crowe, Dennis. I'm boning Russell Crowe. Surprising no one. And I'm blocking the other two. I can't. No, you have to. You have to bone. No, come on. We gotta do this. I'm. I will take one for the team. I will bone Kanye West. West, just for the first three I mean, albums. I, just for the first three clearly, albums. Clearly. Uh, surprising <laughs> no one. Surprising no one that Joe's gonna bone Kanye. 
exactly. Okay. Gotcha. You know, tag teams. You I know. also <laughs> love a man who's a project, so I will also bone. Kanye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kanye slide into the I DMs. Don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. thoughts. I would have to. Okay, I would also bone Kanye, but then you know I have to block Mel Gibson on principle. Obviously, but then, yes. but then Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> I know. Yes. I know. He's, he, he's in the gay movie. He's in the Boy Erased movie. Yeah, yeah that's but true. no one's still no he's one the likes daddy him. in the just Boy think, Erased movie. Just think about while you're writing him. Just think about his gladiator days. Uh, oh. I will not. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll do one more. Uh, Tommy Teebs Pico, <laughs> Dennis Norris II, or me. I didn't include Joe because you're just like the most oh, humble person I in the guess, world. Like you're I just guess not. That a diva. means am I the only one who can play? No, you're. <laughs> oh God! Let's hear your answers, oh, Joe. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, I'm so stressed out. Let's... They're all staring at me for the first time yeah, ever. Go for it, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm turning so red. It's your fault. It's, it's I'm going basically to... just the same thing we all okay, get asked so on just, Instagram anyway. I, get, I, also, I have my answers. I just also have to say that this is your fault because you're the only one that's not a diva. Yeah, that is true. I'm very insecure. I'm gonna bone Fran because oh. I just want to break his little body. Oh my god, me too. Honestly, <laughs> real. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna bench Teebs because we're life partners. Uh, okay. Sorry, okay. D. Oh my god. Wow. We're just it's both. Fine. We're both it's fine. We're both too much bottom. There's too. It's too much bottom energy. Big bottom. It energy. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't work. B-B-E. I do have a double ended dildo you, that would like suck you both cry of our so bodies. Much. I do cry. I'm I, I couldn't. Handle <laughs> it. If you guys double end, ended dildo like fully, it would become a vortex and it then would, a black hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucking would, yeah. everything yes. into it. Sorry, Light, sorry, gravity. Anything there else? Is no more existence. So, so, no. so because Joe is a humanitarian, he's gonna prevent the apocalypse and. Block Dennis. Block Dennis. Okay. Yes, correct. Thank you all for playing. I'm sorry to do that to you, Josh. <laughs> no, it was perfect. <laughs> that was the most attention I've ever had in my entire life. So <laughs> I felt really good. You are so red right now. <laughs> this episode of Food of Thought was brought to you by Lola, Ooh. a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. And they now offer sex products, too. Producer Alex can vouch that Lola is convenient and also the super pretty packaging. Yes, queen. It's really pretty. The wipes are safe for anywhere on your body and perfect for midday refresh or post-sex cleaning. (laughs) So you don't have to use a towel or your tongue. I mean, some of us us like the mess, but... (laughs) Lola is known for its line of period products made with organic cotton. And now sex products made with women in mind. And don't forget, women aren't the only people that have periods. Yes. And it's made without parabens, petrochemicals, <laughs> glycerin, Ooh. synthetic Ugh. flavor, or Ooh. fragrance. You know how Ugh. Dennis loves a mess? Dennis loves their mess-free dispenser. <laughs> Long-lasting glide. Made without irritating chemicals. It's gynecologist-approved, hypoallergenic, Ooh. formulated to help maintain a healthy pH, safe to use while trying to conceive. Yes, yes daddy. Love that pH. Uh... <laughs> For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter THOT So, y'all know that I love, love, love to cook, but who has the time? This week, I tried out HelloFresh, a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook eat and enjoy. Yum. Plus three plants to choose from, classic veggie and family. 
You know how I love quitting. I love playing <laughs> hooky and I love a good shirk. So you can imagine how I love not having to plan dinner, not spending money on takeout and not having to gather ingredients week after week. And the recipes only take around 30 minutes. Which frankly is longer than most of Dennis's relationships. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just this week I cooked for my roommate for one of my thoughts and once I ate two meals myself because I was sad <laughs> and drank a whole bottle of wine by myself. <laughs> My favorite meal was the Juicy Lucy, a delish burger where the cheese is inside and it oozes all up out in your mouth. Wasn't and... that your nickname in college? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the still, Juicy Lucy? It's still my nickname. And the man I was cooking for loved it too. Ew! Mm. <laughs> for a total of $60 off, that comes to $20 off your first three boxes. Visit www.hellafresh.com backslash thought60. That's T-H-O-T-6-0. And enter promo code thought 60. THOT 60. Get out your coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny Woo! for your thoughts. <laughs> so, um, over the break, we've gotten a lot of emails, DMs, tweets, uh, all sorts of messaging with people, thoughts crying out for help. And, you know, <laughs> as most, we say, most of that was me. Yeah, it was mostly just Joe <laughs> under, under pseudonyms and anonymous <laughs> profiles. <laughs> Uh, asking us for advice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And and we, as we always say, we are like extremely qualified. Um, we are all licensed. Uh, what psychotherapist. A yes. Fuck you. <laughs> if you say I'm a doctor one more time during the recording of this podcast, we're gonna banned. turn this around and go back home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we have a few that stuck out to us. So um. Uh, let's start with this one, which I think is an interesting question. Um, so the, the email says, Hey thoughts, my boyfriend and I have been long distance for over a year. And Ooh. I realized over this time that we're already very different people. Surprisingly, this question is not about long distance. Joe. <laughs> we have really different interests and come from really different backgrounds. He's moving back to my city in a few months and I don't know if we're going to work out. I really love him, but mm. I don't know if two people who are so different will work out. Do you think I should be with, do you think you should be with someone super similar to you or do you believe that opposites attract? Hi, this is Tommy. I'm going to say, um, mm. if you're different, you shouldn't be together. If you're the same, you shouldn't be together. Um, <laughs> you just shouldn't be together. love, dump him, <laughs> And yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy, for that enlightening response. I, but, 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 I hate it. Yeah. Uh, this is Joe. I mean, look, I tend to be attracted to people who are very different from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like p- people who sort of draw things out of me that, you know, my friends and myself, do- it doesn't naturally happen. I do think you just have to communicate. I mean, you just have to talk about shit, right? So it's like the ability, like the emotional intelligence and ability to like sit through how you're feeling and express that to another person and the willingness to be vulnerable and do that. If you have that and you can talk about your differences and like figure out ways to meet each other's needs, but not expect any one human being to meet all of your needs. Exactly. And there's not a catch all for anybody. You know? No, no. No, if you're attracted to the person and can talk about shit, then it's probably great. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like there's already a rupture here. I feel like there's already an inability. There's a rupture that's not being yeah. disclosed. Not being talked about. It doesn't have to do with sameness or difference. No. It sounds like they're looking for an excuse yeah, it does. to get out. Yes. Which sounds like an entirely yeah. other problem. No, this is what I was going to say. It sounds from this question, like you're saying, like they're, like they're looking for an excuse. It sounds to me... Like, the issue isn't we're two different people. Like, no two people are the same. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's this major change or shift that's happening in the yeah. relationship, it sounds like that could be triggering something else. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes 
we look at relationships in our lives and we're and we begin to realize that proximity maybe isn't the best thing mm. for, oh. for us. Whether it's whether it's someone that we're romantically connected to, right? Or someone that we're like connected to in a different way. There was a time when I felt like my one of my best friends from home, like she lives all the way across the country. And for a few years, I was like, that's probably for the best. If mm, we're going to be best yep. friends, mm-hmm. that I'm living on one coast, she's living on another coast. That's how I feel about my parents. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It, and so it sounds like maybe that's actually the issue. Yeah. In terms of like, do opposites attract? Like, I'm very attracted to people who are very different than me. My attitude is like, I don't need me because I have me. So yeah. I don't need you to be me. <laughs> True. Dennis, your initial point is, is a really good one, especially in terms of me, you know, proximity is usually the worst thing. Uh, like, truly <laughs> be true. as far away from me as possible, and we will get along swimmingly. Yeah, no, uh, this, if this were you, you would be writing in I'd saying, more... we will be breaking up the minute he moves yeah. back to my city. <laughs> I mean, the minute he enters the state. <laughs> I can Fran, joke about breakup hemisphere. text. Fran can, breaks up with him on Snapchat. I can yes. joke about that, but that's truly yes. happened to me t- upwards of three times. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in terms of the initial question of the of the the person who emailed us, like I I don't I I personally don't believe that opposites attract. It's kind of like a stupid platitude that like right. I'm not going to go date like a a a white Nazi like you know sympathizer or something like that. <laughs> you know, like my thing of like the actual opposite of like who I am. You know, producer Alex had an aneurysm in the back. <laughs> he was like, what are you saying? <laughs> um, but like I I do think that one of the most superficial things that we are ten- that we tend to do in relationships, or at least that I tend to do in relationships, is like I fall in love with people because of all the things that I recognize from myself in them Mm -hmm. because of like the ways we like the same movies or the same music or the ways that like we can, the ways I like just kind of see myself in them. Like I fall in love with myself, you know, in that like your, you, you kind of, your taste gets like a cosine. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like a, it's not that that can never work out. Like you falling in love with a version of yourself inside Mm -hmm. someone. But I mean, we're, we're so tethered to that, that like it's worth it to like invest yourself in people that are just very different. Yeah. I think just take very differently Uh, to what you're saying, friend relationships, are absolutely a mirror right mm-hmm. that, that show you sort of yourself reflected back both in ways where you recognize sameness and also in ways where you recognize difference it's mm-hmm. like a mirror is a very good way to look at yourself or a relationship is a very good way to look at yourself very closely and I feel like a, why a lot of people particularly gay men run from relationships is they don't like seeing themselves refra- reflected mm. in the vulnerable uh, light of something yeah, else in a way that you can't escape exactly yeah. it's a hot take yeah. so piping hot. Uh, yeah I mean I think if you you know look at another person that you're being intimate with and see either sameness or difference in a way that makes you want to run that might actually be a time to evaluate your yeah. own self and, yeah. and ask yourself am I actually ready to give myself and to it, another person exactly. to look at myself and that closely and it sounds like the person who wrote in for it us is, has not, is not having that internal dialogue yeah. it sounds and like it, there's yeah. a big conversation inside that or needs to happen push to have it. and there's like yeah. a kind of romance on either side of that like romanticizing somebody who's similar to you like wanting to date yeah. another artist or whatever mm-hmm. but it's like we're all so fucked up why would yeah. I want another person like that oh in my, my God, life horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to date like a policy analyst or like an accountant an accountant yes that sounds good any sexy accountant can really slip into my DMs or my (laughs) anything honestly Um, same so let's do another one Lately, either being on Grindr, bars, or social media, I've been haunted with this now torturous phrase, you're cute, but you're not my type. I had a friend say the other day that he thinks I should lower my standards, physical or otherwise. I took this as as an offense, but also I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Am I really at the point where I should be? And there's a, this letter has been edited, but this person is in their 30s. Um, 
I am I really at the point where I should lower my standards just to get someone to hook up with me, which seems completely impossible <clears throat> at this point in order to be in a relationship? Can I cope? How can I cope with the idea that the people I'm attracted to are simply not attracted back? Am I standardly superficial? Um, Am I am I standardly superficial? I wouldn't consider myself unfortunate looking. I'm culture and I know that is a that's wow. a whole there's a whole other thing we need wow. to unpack there. But um, I'm cultured, educated, and overall nice person. Ooh. I'm the right balance of like self loathing, but also very self aware. Um, oh, I, know. I don't know about uh, that. <clears throat> but uh, also, I can't seem to get a guy who likes me. Is my friend right? Should I relinquish what I desire Ooh. and conform to whatever I can get? Meaning, should oh, I lower God. my st- I think though, first of all, like the term lowering your standards mm-hmm. already puts a pejorative on this thing. If, yeah. Can we just talk about adjusting what it is that you're looking for? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Teeps. And yeah. I also find the way that this person is talking as though they're sort of educated, you know, kind of culturedness yeah. mm-hmm. is like that this should be able to like barter that for a certain type of pleasure from a certain type of body. Like this whole consumerist like enterprise yeah. feels mm-hmm. somewhat off to me. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if this person is talking about hooking up or dating. Like I can't can't tell what it is this person is actually after and what it is Same. they feel like they're not getting but it seems like the entire premise of the question is set up in this like I have A and I'm not I'm trying to trade it for B and I'm not getting B and mm-hmm. like I just wonder about the how that person is even thinking about well, sex and the dating. The way that I interpret it was sort of that um, I've also been accused of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm, so same. I identify a little bit with this, the person who's writing this letter. And I think sometimes your what you call a standard is really yeah. just a way to not get intimate with somebody. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I you totally know. know. Yeah. And that like maybe adjusting what it is that you're looking for or just like saying yes when you would rather say no, you can learn to like something different or learn yeah. that you like something differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's we've talked about this before about the idea that desire is mutable and a movable thing, which I think is really interesting and really important to think about in a conversation like this. But like it sounds to me like this person is basically saying that they want people who other people are saying are too hot for them. Yeah. That's that is, like, that's, that's just what I'm hearing from it. And to me, the entire hierarchical like structure of that conversation, that that's the lens that we're looking no, exactly. at people through that's the yeah. initial is problem. enormously, is enormously problematic yeah. because it's an incredibly dehumanizing way to look at yourself and an incredibly dehumanizing right. way to look at the, the people that you're working, <laughs> that you're thinking about dating or sleeping, sleeping with. with. And yeah. considering that we're all human beings in this, like in this conversation, um, any, way of moving through the world that is sort of mm. reducing that and reductive to mm-hmm. that I think is already going to be a turnoff to I someone. I agree. And I think they can to- feel that energy coming off of you. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's forward. A new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. 
Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards healthcare and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Hi, it's Laverne Cox. And on my new podcast, The Laverne Cox Show, we're ripping the Band-Aid off trauma resilience, dating, diet culture, dating, white supremacy, dating. Okay, I'm not going to get explicit, but just because you're cute, like, I'm not going, I'm not going to. <laughs> I know what you were going to say. Yes, girl. Not <laughs> and honey, we have a lot of fun along the way. You have a lot of lesbian fans who love your femininity and glamour, and they just really, really want you. I want us to talk openly about the difficult things we all face as humans and as humans in America. Racist white people in the United States will sign their own death certificates. They will vote for policies that crush them, no safety nets, no health care, because they feel too much like entitlements. And those are folks of color, right? Listen to The Laverne Cox Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and share. Here Comes the Break is the groundbreaking podcast sparking real conversations about creativity, mental health, friendship, family, hope, and music. Asante Black stars as Ruben in a fictional narrative featuring real interviews with emerging artists. What advice would you give the families and parents about supporting a teenager that wants to pursue the arts? If you see they're dedicated and you see that they really mean it and their grades are good, (laughs) Mm. then let them do it, man. Let them do it. Get inside Ruben's head to learn what drives him. See, no one wants to be a Hollywood celebrity anymore. No one my age, anyway. I mean, we want to be internet famous. We want to be influencers motivating our peers to become followers of what's trending on Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram. And find out if Ruben can survive internet fame. No, 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 no. Marco was right. No need to psych myself out. There is no turning back now. Listen to Here Comes the Break, starting May 13th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and if you maybe start or stop evaluating yourself in those hierarchical terms, Mm -hmm. you'll find that like you're kinder to other people and you don't do the same thing to Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tommy, like you, I also saw myself a lot in this letter and a lot, but the things that the undertones of what I'm hearing kind of over and over again is what you're getting at, Dennis, the fact that this person who sent us the email has, their mind has truly been poisoned by these superficial bounds of like structural hotness. These like Eurocentric, Mm -hmm. like body standards, space standards, exactly Mm -hmm. of like what we think is like hot and cute so not only like as you were saying do you reader need to like you uh, emailer need to like rethink about what you consider hot but also the more you think within these structures the more you're going Mm -hmm. to just like foreclose on your opportunities before you even get that. And also learn, teach yourself to hate yourself. We all are going to get older. So if we are sort of bought in to this, you know, structural hotness, our bodies will change as we get older. So it's like an oppression that is going to eat ourselves Mm -hmm. alive. And one of my favorite poets has this line in a poem that says, edible 
is the birthright of all butts. And oh my god! I think that that really yeah. Yeah. gross. I think that that really matters. It's, so Tommy it's wrote Tommy. that. In case you, in case you didn't Tommy. figure it out, it is Tommy. And in that way too, I think sometimes uh, uh, understanding and adjusting and, and making room for new kinds of desire, um, you start to understand and evaluate the types of hotness that mm-hmm. were pressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, impressed upon you rather than ones that you actually literally respond to. You gotta yeah. give yourself some time. Give and, yourself yeah. some time and, and be kind to yourself. And like, an- can we all just live? Like, let the and, people you're looking at live and let yourself live. And just live. When, and when we say give yourself time, like, we really mean it. Like, structural change, like, psychic structural ta- mm-hmm. change takes a really long yeah, time. Yes. Like, we learn, we unlearn desires at a very slow pace. Yeah. So, if you yeah. yourself are like trying to rethink or recalibrate the ways you're trying to either find yourself hot or find people in a bar hot, know that it's going to take a long time before you get there. Yeah. And we and are not just... saying that we're masters of that or that no. we have all of the answers. Like we, I certainly struggle with a lot of this stuff in different ways. Like it's, it's a, it's a, part of living in this society yeah but it's about like constantly constantly making the effort to be better and do better and sometimes you like what you like exactly and sometimes you like what you like and that's forgive yourself your attractions but also i will say for me it started with unfollowing all the horrible instagram models that you currently follow on your feed like unfollow them it will set you free (laughs) unfollow all first tra- all thirst traps that follow this structural hotness, this like Eurocentric, like white washboard abs kind of person, unfollow. It doesn't matter if you know them or not, just like unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Or if you know them, mute it. Mute everything. But like the more like now all the thirst traps that I follow, I'm like very conscientious of the fact that like the only thirst traps left on my feed do not abide to this like structural hotness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's so important mm-hmm. that we recal- recalibrate and rethink mm-hmm. what we consider attractive. The thing that turns me off the most is looking at somebody's Instagram profile and if it's like 90% pictures of themselves and like really you think you're the most interesting thing you see all day. <laughs> Not gonna follow back. Sorry. Love you. Thank you for the support. <laughs> have a br- have a blessed day. <laughs> and keep listening. Yeah. Thank you for bringing in your pennies, gal. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I'm eating pennies. Why am I eating pennies? I don't know. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> if you loved the movie Love Simon, then get ready for this is kind of an epic love story, a fresh, charming, and romantic YA novel from Corinne Calendar. This book introduces Nathan Bird, a pessimistic boy, <laughs> just like me, who's sworn off happy endings, also just like me, until an old friend moves back into town and makes him rethink his happily ever after. The author calls this is kind of an epic love story, a love letter to queer people of color, which features a black male protagonist and Hispanic male love interest. Listen to these amazing reviews. Mm. Angelo Sermelis, author of The Dangerous Art of Blending In, says, This is kind of an epic love story gave me all I was looking for, Mm -hmm. including one thing that's challenging to find, a beautiful LGBTQ, so hard to say that, love story. A New York Times bestselling author, Adam Silvera, calls this story a big-hearted rom-com, hilarious and breathless love story of two boys on their path to their happy ending. How can you or someone close to you not want to read this book? So get out there. You can purchase This Is Kind of an Epic Love Story wherever books are sold. Mm. <laughs> it's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. And this week, Dennis is going to tell us what kind of quality meats we're about to put in ourselves today. <laughs> oh, mm. Grade A. <laughs> no, grade C at best. <laughs> B, B plus. Oh, Meet question mark. <laughs> a plus. A plus. She goes for she goes for the luxury. Mm. Um, 
because in our conversation about divas, it's all about luxury. Um, all right, guys, listen. When I think of divas, I'm reminded first of the image of Svetlana Horkina. Oh what my is god, happening? bitch. Hold on. <clears throat> the legendary Russian gymnast standing at the end of the vaulting runway at the 2000 Sydney Olympics in the commotion oh. of the warm-up session. She's huh. shouting at her coach. Her voice is shrill and urgent. Yes. He's located all the way down at the other end of right the runway. Right a scene, bitch. Right a scene. Adjusting <laughs> the vaulting table. Zveta has just epically crashed and burned while warming up. And this is unacceptable. She's here to win the individual all-around gold medal. Sveta mm. carried the label of diva throughout her career, even saying, while posed topless in Russian Playboy as a 19-year-old, Ooh. that she was proud to be a diva if it meant that she was exceptional and knew it. Love it. Mm. Women who are received this way have long been a source of comfort and inspiration to queers like these four tater thoughts. In mm. so many of these women, in their talent, their strength, their self-regard, we find the strength to know our own worth. But I want to start simple. Did Beyonce say it best? Is a diva the female version of a hustler? Who are some of the divas we're drawn to? Or who are some of the divas that we've drawn from in our formation of ourselves? Oh, wow, Dennis. Wow. That, I mean, here's the thing. It's so funny to think about the fact that diva really was a feminist anthem of its time. Calling out this Mm -hmm. double standard of, like, what men are called and what women are called. Mm. But, like, truly, like, I mean, it's it's a deeply loaded term. It's something that is, is loaded in this, like, this, like, as queers, like, we upheld divas as this, like, very positive being and ray of light in, like, what inspires our everyday. But in the ways that a lot of public perceptions and a lot of news headlines like to think about divas, it's a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that is, like, really rooted in Because you hear misogyny. the diva antics, yes. right? Yes. And it's like, but what is that but a woman who has an understanding of her worth? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm, yeah, like, pe- like, people love to call women cocky, but it's really, it's, they mistake cocky for truly just an understanding of, of what they're worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I think, Dennis, your question really intrigued me. The Beyonce question of is a diva a female version of a hustler uh, sort of places it in this uh, you know I think a hustler in, in the really amazing sense of that word is someone who is like working their ass off mm-hmm. have a goal uh, mm-hmm. and, and is going to achieve that goal regardless um, mm-hmm. and I kind of I, at the same time I feel like hustler and that places divaness in Beyonce particularly at that point in Beyonce's career very solidly in the like capitalist realm of like I'm a diva because I'm going to be a billionaire I'm a diva because I'm going to own the Met I'm a diva because I'm going to have access to all of it so is you know is that setup of like mm-hmm. a diva under capitalism that it is you know wealth and achievement and those things are put together is that sort of yeah. the type of divaness that we're looking at or is diva simply virtuosity and a knowledge of one's own virtuosity and not about money and achievement and accolades. Mm. Right. I think what didn't it come? Is it, does, is the origin of the word in opera? Yes. Mm. Yeah. The origin of the word is in opera and it's, um, it's, it's almost like an evolution of the term prima donna. Like there was pre, like prima donna okay. came first yeah. and then there be, and then there, and then there was diva and the, the divas like sort of like the star of the opera. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Joe, I think that's a really, really good point because as I was thinking about this conversation and as I was thinking about this intro, one of the things I, I couldn't help but think about was um, the idea that we may have had divas earlier in our lives um, when we were kids. People who were not necessarily Beyonce, although we might have looked up to someone like, like an Beyonce. Like an auntie in our life. Like an auntie in mm-hmm. our life. Or even, I mean, it could have even been a girl on the playground that mm. we looked up to in some kind of way. Mm. 
And which oh, leads God. me to think about what it is that we're getting from our divas. And I want to know who are some of the divas in our in our lives. My cousin Rainbow. That we're thinking about. She was like about. the Indian version of Angelina Jolie when yes. she started smoking. I wanted to start smoking. I was yes. just like <laughs> Rainbow. Yeah, Rainbow. Love, that's a great. I love I, Rainbow. I love that question, Dennis. Right. And like you know, we're we're gonna try and define the word diva. It's a moving target in terms of the definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I think I would love to start out thinking about our divas. I mean, for me, I mean, when you first said that, now I'm thinking about like Angelica in Rugrats. She oh, was such a queen. Yes, I remember her queen. being my favorite character over and over and over again. But my second answer is when I checked out Destiny's Destiny Fulfilled from the library and oh. listened to that album all the way through. I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. I was like cut off from like secular culture. It was like one of the first like things that I ever had in my possession, my temporary possession from the from library, library car oh. that like oh. opened me up to a world outside of like Christian rock. And I re- Where and I Jesus is the only the diva. Is open. And so for me, when I think about the definition of a diva, it's all like the first and foremost, it's all about the attitude. Mm-hmm. Because as a kid, I didn't understand what the accolades mm-hmm. were. I didn't understand what Beyonce even meant culturally because I didn't have access to culture and, and at all in general. And so all I felt in my body and in my being was that irreverence, that oh, wow. attitude, that huh. diva dumb that like could not be described. I couldn't put my finger on it. All I knew is that I felt it in my body and in my being and she inspired me to do things that were way far and beyond any mode of myself like mm-hmm. dance like dance sexy alone in my in my bedroom yeah. yes yeah. that's so interesting Fran because I feel like uh, you know for me divaness is like not the attitude at all. The attitude is won by the virtuosity. Wow. Divaness is like the talent first and foremost. And then mm. the self-awareness mm. that like I have this talent and mm. I'm going to rock it. I actually, one of the biggest diva moments I have personally ever seen is the video of Beyonce on stage and she falls down the stairs onto her face, Ugh. solidly onto her face yeah. and then stands up as though nothing happens. You know how much pain she is in and she just motherfucking goes on with the performance. It is just like the epic diva moment. Like I did a thing, like if I do that, if I do that many performances, I'm going to fall on my face because I'm dancing full out and then I'm just going to keep going. I am virtuosic. Like I am doing this shit. No one else can do this shit. It's me. Mm -hmm. I have a question Mm -hmm. for you, but I first, I want to know who your diva is. Um, my little kid diva, yeah. probably my aunt actually, because she um, was incredibly like hardworking and good at, I, in the Irish Catholic household. It's like that's a very big mm-hmm. thing. Like she was really smart and hardworking, but she was also funny and like just kind of owned a room. She like walked into mm-hmm. a room and her goal was to make everyone laugh mm-hmm. and to make everyone comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was just like mm-hmm. all eyes were on her in a really special way. Yes. Can I ask you though yeah. what we're talking? I think a seed of what we're talking about is a kind of um, excess. Right. Correct. And so when you grow up repressed, don't mm-hmm. you idealize excess to a certain extent? Oh, yeah. Doesn't yes. a diva mm-hmm. really do that for you? Liberace yes. mama. <laughs> yeah. All about excess. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's excess to the point where it's not even excess anymore. It's just necessary. It just is. I mean, there is an extravagance <laughs> to their disposition. I mean, just yeah. have you ever read through Grace Jones's writer? Her writer had like six bottles of crystal champagne, three bottles of vintage red, three bottles of vintage white, yes. two dozen fin Finclair or uh, Colchester oysters on ice, ah! unopened, ah! and then it says in parentheses, Grace does her own shucking. 
which I think is hilarious. And then like this huge other, li- it's a huge list of things that she would require in her trailer or in her dressing room upon arrival. Right. I think that the writer brings up something super interesting to me, it's which is, it is yeah. extravagance, but th- this moment in which that extravagance becomes something that like culturally we turn against. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, the joke of the eighties hair bands and these ridiculous writers that they have. About, but, like all red M&Ms. Exactly. And but it actually, yeah. it actually like the funny thing is that I watched a documentary on that and it turned out that their shows were so extravagant and it was literally dangerous. And mm-hmm. so they had these crazy writers to be like, if they don't have like the attention to do these things in the dressing room, they're not going to have the attention to do the show safely. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? So it's sort of like and this I- thing that, and it was the same thing that happened with MIA, right? In this profile in the New York Times mm-hmm. where they were like, she said over a truffle fry and she uh, has like uh-huh. cheese in her thing, you know? And it's just like, yeah, I mean, she's a diva. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But she's also really good. And but it's also like, just, Lynn Hirschberg was the person who ordered those fries to exactly, begin with. Exactly. Teams. Like, we love to hate powerful women. Yeah, like, we love, we love like, as a cult, like, not us in this room, we love powerful women. But, like, as a culture, you know, we sort of love to both celebrate and denigrate a woman who is virtuosic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also takes her own power. You know, I think, too, yeah. because a part of diva is knowing what you can do, uh-huh. but also knowing what you won't do. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. If, and, and, and in a capitalist patriarchy, yeah. a woman who knows what she won't do Ugh. is threatening to it's that. It's very threatening. Yes. Yes. And also, Absolutely. so I mean, the thing the thing for me about divas is that the divadom always requires context but rarely gets it. You know what I mean? Uh, like the, yes, the yes, background yes, yes, yes. of that diva, the background of that person comes with a lifetime of things that we do not see. All yeah. we see is the two dozen unshocked well, oysters. And we like you know? to think about this outside of the context of the cis heteropatriarchal capitalism exactly. as well. So like, so we also, we don't have the context of the person and we also aren't viewing it through the lens of like what a powerful woman means in the world. And so outside of those two contexts, it seems like ridiculous. Or right? where that, or where that like power, that focus comes right, right, from. Right, like, right, I mean, right. a, a great example is like Eartha Kitt. Like I know mm-hmm. talked about her in season one, but yep. like there, I mean, there's this interview with her where in like, um, they ask, what, would you ever compromise for a man? And she throws her head back and she laughs and she's like compromising for oh, what? I, I fall in love with myself and I want someone to share that with me. Without context, mm-hmm. that is a crazy thing to say. Without context, immediately they're like, this queen has got issues. Well, but, she does, but like her life was her <laughs> life was crazy. But he, that's the yeah. thing is that with context, you know that like she was abused from her by her family, abused by men, abused by the, by the industry, abused by the government over and over and over and over again. And yeah. that interview took place at the end of her life mm. so it only makes sense that like w- that without mm. context you like this woman's crazy but like another I mean yeah. think about Nina Simone think about Aretha oh Franklin yeah. 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 think about these women who we have dubbed divas but have undergone a lifetime of oppression a lifetime yeah. of mm. things that have culturally like worn and torn on and their how, bodies and, and how beings. inspiring is that ultimately for somebody who for for whom in this system isn't supposed to have that degree yes. of self-love and mm-hmm. self-regard to have that yes. that is that is like that is a north star that's something yeah. to just look towards that is something to that i feel like in this idealized in this way of idealizing divas that's mm-hmm. that is what i drew my idealization from Mm -hmm. it's like watching janet jackson Mm -hmm. stand in front of fifty thousand people and just stare at them Mm. you know yeah out into the crowd unshakable like just in full control of herself or in full control of whatever that that that, like amidst all of this chaos was a person who knew themselves that deeply and by virtue of that existence like like period that's like political i don't even think about attaching the term diva to women who don't have 
backstory like sure. that. Yeah. So, like, for example, you know, I think in our culture, we would say that someone like Taylor Swift is a diva. And <laughs> sure, she, yeah. To, and, but to me, she's not a diva. She's not a diva. Because they're, in, in the way that I think of, like, a diva who actually inspires what I need to take from them. I and mean, her performance of humility. Yes. No, yes, I, have, I, I have two. Uh, one thing, I have a... Uh, a response to Den and then I have a question for the group I do think that it's important that we don't require trauma of people in order for them to be a diva yeah. you know sure. what I mean no, it's sure. I think you know Taylor Swift is not a diva because she's not virtuosic like she's not good enough at her job mm-hmm. to be a I mean, diva yes. But yes. as opposed to like requiring you know like emotional trauma from someone but my question to people in the room and it kind of came from what you were saying Teebs is uh, you know if you're thinking about divaness as like sort of not taking any shit and knowing your worth has that helped you Teebs and other people in the room negotiate like your own creative work like being a writer in an industry that you know seriously underpays and undervalues the creative work of or writers to I tell mean, people that you won't do a gig girl. first of all i mean i have the eartha kit quote tattooed on my arm i'm getting a portrait of share like tattooed on me like oh, literally please don't, next baby, week please don't. literally oh next my week God. it's ariana grande's share. tattoo artist by the way um so anyways oh, I, I mean I've diva <laughs> I, I love divas um but i i think to to answer your question yes i mean they're focused they're strength their attitude helps me fulfill my everyday purpose and it mm-hmm. helps me be confident as I mean Eartha Kit meant so much to me mm-hmm. because of that one interview it mm-hmm. wasn't I didn't know yeah. the context and it wasn't until after I saw the interview that I like researched everything there is to know about them and then that informed a lot of my creative process helped me align my mm-hmm. not align my life to it but like it informed the way I think about my creative life and gives you a spot to fake it till you make it mm-hmm. right yeah. you like mm-hmm. in, in in the emulation of the diva i mean lady gaga always said i mean she said like i love to pre- i pretended back before i was famous i pretended to be famous in every situation i would be in i would walk into a coffee shop and carry myself like a motherfucking star it doesn't ma- yeah. matter if i was famous or not and like you know whatever your opinions on lady gaga are like i don't really you know, it doesn't matter. But like that is like that is to me is why mm. I think about Tude before I think about talent. But I know why they're I, both important. I don't think a diva needs to be talented. Mm. I think that talent is a wonderful part of a diva's identity. But I don't think talent is a requirement. Well, as a, a talented diva, diva yes, I, would, <laughs> I would argue that it is. But I but I but you know what? I think okay. So some people think I have a modicum of talent, and then they want to book me, and so I go do these things, and I'm on the road a lot. I don't personally think that i do i think that i just work really really hard um but then but then there is a then you have to perform that person yeah you have to perform the person that people pay for it's like mm-hmm. you and T. Yeah, it's like sure. you're Teeb's the diva and Tommy yeah. is not yeah right well yeah. that brings up a really conversation uh, a really interesting conversation about what the public assignment of diva versus the self-fulfillment of diva right yeah and, right, right, and right, sometimes right, right, one right, comes right, right, before right. the other because totally. i would intuit that you know nina simone hasn't always been that way you mm. know like obviously i mean we've mm-hmm. all watched her documentaries we watch everything we know that there is like there are things that brought her to this point it's just like sometimes i mean in the case of eartha kit too it's just kind of like fine you want to make me this person i'm gonna be this person mm-hmm. and she came yeah. out with eartha kit came out with that song like I want to be evil which is like an incredible kind of subversion diva of being anthem, like yeah like you're going to make yeah. me like this kind of queenie diva then yeah I'm going to be it yeah Absolutely. so like as it relates to our previous discussion last season on persona mm-hmm. right persona of the diva that Marilyn Monroe pers- the persona of Marilyn Monroe you know the the performance of 
Sasha Fierce or there are these like yeah. ways in which I that can be sort of like a tent pole, like the diva's a tent pole right. for like mm-hmm. um banishing like your insecurities. I think a lot of people when they when when they eulogize Aretha Franklin, like um people like Gladys Knight mm-hmm. um and people like that were talk would talk about how she was actually extremely shy and yeah. wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. really savvy on yeah. the effect that she really had on people and had right. on music and had mm-hmm. on the culture. Mm-hmm. And the that culture. a part of that is I think a protection. Mm-hmm. I mean the, you the, you want the diva to feel herself right mm-hmm. or, or feel themselves yeah but but to know their worth yes and to know their worth and it's like when does it cross that uncanny valley into mm. um an unchecked ego that yeah. becomes then yeah like i and, think and i think of nikki to be honest with totally you. Yeah. somebody who is just performing too hard right now and, and it's like my i don't think you feel that way anymore and if it can yeah. become yeah. professionally self-destructive like nikki like the no self-awareness to take a fucking edit Mm-hmm. Take, take a note you know people love you and they want your work to be better and sometimes when you get an edit that will make your work better mm. and sometimes when you reject all the edits and yeah. you end up making yeah. boring fucking work is it no, often, is it no self-awareness or is it she's too aware of oh. who she is or how she's perceived? i don't know and but i do think it can also be personally self-destructive which gets oh, to my question when yeah. you talk about nina mm. simone when you talk about marilyn monroe these are people who their persona sort of took over amy their winehouse. life amy winehouse yeah. in mm. such a way where like it left nothing it left mm. nothing for their personal, I think that the boundary between the inside and the out, and what you—that's why I think Beyonce is such a successful diva because she has Sasha Fierce or she has public Beyonce, but she also that allows she her has, to create mm, lines yeah. and make a life for herself that's not just that, you know, yeah. that's a that's a, a normal fucking person. Yes, and I think too of the um, the danger of exalting somebody a little bit too much, yes. putting somebody on a pedestal gives them so much further to fall. Oh I think God. of the cover of 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 Anti Rihanna's last album with the the crown that's mm-hmm. falling over the child's head. It's like heavy is the head on which the crown lies or whatever that Mm -hmm. that phrase is. It's Mm -hmm. like, I think she's aware of like how... Um, how she has become so popular, mm-hmm. right? And as like a person, you think of it as just being chill. That is dangerous, and and also can be the the um, vehicle for the person's downfall by 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 standing them too much. She does it so well, Rihanna. She really like does. oh like so total yeah. diva attitude makes incredible music and incredible like businesses, fashion, everything. But just yeah. seems so like unbothered. Yeah. How? Yeah. Yes. How? It's, it, it's amazing. You're bringing up an interesting. So so the weight of the the weight of the crown and like what how like we can we watch divas disintegrate. I want to talk about like the diva meltdown. Yeah, me because, too. Because like when mm. in terms oh. of someone mm-hmm. like Mariah, mm-hmm. like yeah. we we fully had a a actual unraveling of what was what felt like untouchable talent. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. felt like untouchable diva. Dumb Whitney yeah. is now completely Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. Like it's it's a and completely different. I think story. that there's like you have the Mimi is an interesting one because for me it was like a slow burn mm-hmm. meltdown. Like yeah. over years her voice kind of went away and wasn't doing the same things. But instead of being one of these singers who adjusts the type of music she's making to the new confines of an older person's voice, she just <laughs> didn't. <laughs> and like Whitney lost her voice little by little. And then you have like Britney's 2007 where it was like the weight of the crown fell on her oh. once, and she shaved her head and like punched a car you know and how much are we implicated in their downfall because uh, we consume yes. it we consume yeah. it. Oh my you know, God. we are the engine of their downfall but yeah. like fame is a real does really weird yeah, things yeah, yeah, to people yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean yeah. and i think yeah. that was the the thesis of the amy winehouse documentary because right. it was completely made up of footage of media footage mm, and right, so yeah. when you walk we see her walk through and like it's a camera from a paparazzi and there's just like a million flashbulbs and she's obviously sick 
you know, and people are just like trying to get her to look at them and wave. And it's like this person needs to be in a hospital, hospital. you know what I mean? Not on a stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like we we put the pressure on them to make them go through the downfall. And then we fucking TMZ the fuck out of the downfall. It's like Mm -hmm. we consume all aspects of this. And that it's like. That is so sad to watch because I think one of the things we talk about that we love so much about divas is the amount of control that they have and agency over their own body and their own choices in their own career. And the diva meltdown is an inversion of that. Mm -hmm. It's like the person has completely and very publicly lost control. Mm -hmm. So it's like a diva has so far to fall because it's like, you know, what we respect so much fundamentally is like agency mm, yeah like you are a badass doing it and the you know when they when you lose that and then we consume that sort of meltdown exactly i think a, a thing about the the sort of diva meltdown and things we were talking about before is like you have to have an underlying or what what is the like let's talk about the survival rate of our divas um yeah. uh, there has oh to be God. an understanding oh. there has to be an understanding of like how fame um, can exacerbate underlying issues, yes. underlying yes. mental issues. So it, it 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 behooves one to do things like therapy or something self soothing yeah. or getting out of the spotlight. Like mm-hmm. people are too. I mean, this is this isn't just like a fame thing or a diva thing, but I, I feel like people are just so willing to 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 give all sense of privacy away for the sake of a like or a click or whatever right I think that that's the thing that we all have to negotiate now with social media where everyone sort of has a public persona (laughs) (laughs) do they often to be a diva or not every day I wake up I ask myself the same question am I a diva today am I not am I a diva am I not am I Fran today (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I wake up every morning being like god I'm Joe again today aren't I oh shit damn it you couldn't be another bench if you Try. Like pulling up the mirror fast. <laughs> Still me, everybody. I had oh. dreams all night that I was somebody else. And I wake up to this oh, fucking body. Mmm, oh. <laughs> I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside me. Dennis knows Woo! how I feel. <laughs> so for dessert this week, it's the diva. Aretha Franklin. Truly. And, you know, we, we have been on break. It It has taken a while for us to get to the third season, but it would not um, be, and it, it would be absolutely a crime if we did not acknowledge the passing of Aretha Franklin. Yeah. And, you know, as yeah. Tommy has said in his, in his poem, Nature Poem, uh, I'm going to be so sad when Aretha Franklin dies. And as a, uh, a byproduct of that, after Aretha Franklin passed away, Teebs got tons and tons and tons of so messages. One from you, everyone yes. in this Thank room. Thank you, everybody, yes. for your personal condolences. <laughs> I mean, even when she got sick, people on Twitter were like, oh my God, pray for Teebs. And I, I was like, pray for, for Teebs? Yeah. No, pray for Aretha. I truly, but Tommy, <laughs> I did. is fine. It's, it's, I mean, we all, all four oh. of us felt that pain, mm-hmm. but I did think of you first. I did too. Mm. I How did. did you process yeah. it? How yeah. are you feeling? How did you feel? I honest, I was like, at the time, um, I was getting ready to move out of my old apartment and I was finishing edits on a book and it was just so busy that I didn't really have the the time, space, energy or otherwise to really fully process. Mm. But, you know, I, and then I had to write like a marriage ceremony for somebody else and I could not stop thinking about, you know, the cycle of like life and death. It's like mm-hmm. this idol of mine is dead and I'm, I, I, and then one of my cousins gave birth that day and then like I was doing this wedding ceremony and so like the immediacy of these mm. whole cycles was very present to me. Huge um, life events. Yeah. yeah. And so like I just remembered the first time I ever heard Aretha sing and I was a kid and it was 
think. Ah, and you know, in wow. the chorus, when she's like, freedom, 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 and just goes for that note, I remember just like being seized by the Absolutely. magic of that voice. <laughs> and like not being able to, and understanding what magic was. Yeah. yeah. You know, understanding what divinity was, understanding mm-hmm. like how a, a voice mm-hmm. is, how a voice could be the articulator of a spell. Yeah. Like how yeah. songs are spells, how poems are spells, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I, I did feel completely under her thrall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I listen to songs like Do Right Woman, Do Right Man, mm-hmm. the first three notes of that song, or mm-hmm. Don't Play That Song for Me, or Pitiful, or, um, Oh my God, Dr. Feelgood. Like yeah. there is so much that she communicates. It wasn't, there, there is something that, um, that is communicated in language mm-hmm. that you're using, mm-hmm. right? And some things that are mm-hmm. communicated in your tone mm-hmm. and in your cadence. Your and there was, yes, and there was so much desire and so much. I mean, Dr. Feelgood is a song where she's basically like, listen, everybody, you all have to leave so I can fuck my man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that's beautiful. I mean, I love your attribution to the idea of, it, of her casting spells because what she did with music was post-verbal like um, we've heard the song amazing grace one million times like we all know that song we know like what it does after like people sing it but like her like 12 minute version of that song is so beyond language Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so beyond the power of song it's it's it is the music that she felt and this full body experience that she had and then you had mm-hmm. yeah. by way of that spell. And you yeah. just like look in her face and like you look in her eyes when she sits down to the piano and mm-hmm. she gets that glint yep. in her eyes and you just understand that there is no boundary or barrier between her and the magic that she effuses. There's no boundary or barrier between mm-hmm. her and the music. There's no boundary or barrier between her and the feeling. You catch it. You catch it. You know? Yeah. And I yeah. mean, I, her her album Spanish Harlem is like it got me through my breakup. But in, in like in the deepest thralls mm. of like mm-hmm. the the loss, uh, that album was like one of my life rafts. Uh, and it, it was the absolutely the power of the voice, and also that her ability in a lot of those songs to be both incredibly powerful mm. and str- and her strength, but also like fucked up and longing for someone yeah right? yeah and so like yeah. that sort of mix of vulnerability and strength and knowing that like i could go through those moments of just like longing for someone who was not right for me but at the same time i could turn that into a beautiful thing that like mm-hmm. was it was an evidence of my strength so many diva yes. anthems are that yes. so many diva anthems are about being pathetic yeah i'm yeah. gonna knock on your door rap on your exactly. window i'm gonna camp until on your you come stick. back to me until you come yeah. back to me that's what i'm gonna do but yeah. the thing about aretha is that that longing where it is longing on paper yep. she transmogrifies exactly. into an experience that's not for that person it's exactly it's yeah. like mm-hmm. it's, i mean it, if you haven't like read uh wesley morris's eulogy uh, for oh, aretha so good. It's so oh. fucking good. but one of the points made in that piece is that you know who 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 i don't even remember who did the original or the original uh respect otis redding otis yeah, redding yeah. he sang that song and it was about the other person when he's saying it was just about this person they were longing after when aretha did it she's like this is not about you this is about <laughs> yes, me yes. this about is about diva. Me. me and the testament to so many songs that she's saying yeah. that this testament to like the power of the way she would transmogrify those that these songs is that it was no longer about you yeah. yes it's yes. never about you and that's a 
the thing is, as, as Aretha as a cover artist, she does not cover your songs. Oh, no. They are no. hers. They are hers. It they is now the definitive hers. version. Yes. It's, and like, yes. I, think of, I think of her version of, of the Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby, oh, which uh, it became about her Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, she changed the focus of the song. So, because the original is kind of condescending, yeah. you yeah. know, towards her. And then she's like embodying this woman. And it's such a, it, it changes the nature of the song. And, sh- and 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 by virtue of Aretha's virtuosity, it it like lifts it up to oh, a yeah, height that it wouldn't have been yeah, before. Yeah, was not it before. Yeah. Dennis. So when I was in the second grade, oh, no. oh, I no. was supposed to, and my whole and my whole family, we were all supposed to go to Aretha Franklin's housewarming in Detroit. Oh, oh my God. what? <laughs> because my sister, who was on Motown Records at the time, and Jeanne mm. was invited to perform there. Oh my God! Wow. So we all got to go. <gasps> we were suppo- all supposed to go. Uh oh! I came down with the flu. No, you Dennis, did not. So my mother stayed home. One oh. child with left me. behind. <laughs> <laughs> and if I was your mother, I'd be like, "Bye." <laughs> right? I was like, "Well, so I didn't know who I was in second grade. I actually, and I, I, I grew up not listening to secular music either, so I didn't even know who she was. Oh, so my, my mother." Like brought in the CD player. No, she brought out the old record player that we had, and she played a record of. I think it was like Aretha's Greatest Hits or something. And I, I was completely entranced. And mm-hmm. for like three days, all I could do was listen to Aretha. Mm-hmm. And then I was a gymnast at that time, and I started doing little beam routines in my living room to, to Aretha, Aretha Franklin oh songs. <laughs> so wow. she was like so formative for me for so many reasons like she has been for everyone but Aretha was the person that I would turn to when I felt the music she was the musician that I would turn to when I felt like I there was nowhere to turn there was yeah. nothing there was nothing a that life I raft. could do a life raft yeah. and um after her passing for the next two weeks all I listened to was Aretha oh, yeah. Franklin like the whole catalog everything her Eleanor Rigby is the Eleanor Rigby I mean also I didn't grumbling to the Beatles John, John Lennon who? Beatles. Yeah. like who? her? Um, but yeah anyway Let so the records show that we say fuck the Beatles the most yes. interesting thing about the Beatles is that John and uh, what's his name Paul, Paul jerked off together oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yes well let's not make this and, about them and the, the last thing is that I will never stop getting life from the perfectly dismissive but polite way in which she complimented Taylor Swift's oh, gown. She gown. Yeah. It was everything. The definitive interview. The, gift, the gif of her walking past Patty and Patty reaching oh, out for her. Oh, her. <laughs> Patty away. Yes. Queen of shade. Queen of shade. Oh. At the Kennedy Center Honors when she sang uh, Natural Woman and oh. just like... Through True. her fur coat on yes. her. Yeah. It's so, like, and you didn't even, like, she didn't harm anyone, but you still felt insulted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, beautiful. Ah, ah, that so, was an attack. But, like, <laughs> the, the thing is, so I heard her do an interview about that. And what she said is she was worried about the air conditioning mm-hmm. in her throat. But then she caught a moment where she's like, no, my throat is great. And so yeah. it was the moment where she felt free yeah. to be virtuosic mm-hmm. in that moment. And oh. so that throwing off the coat was like her embracing her whole talent. And talking too. about yes. uh, writers, talent writers. Uh, one thing in hers is that she will not perform in air conditioning. Right? Oh and my so, um, god! Wow. Mary J. Blige was interviewed one time about 
uh, collaborating with Aretha and she was just like, just so you know, when you get in that studio, it is hot. (laughs) (laughs) And she is still wearing that fur coat. (laughs) She is still wearing the fur coat. Every time. What a queen. Just, she lives on in all of our hearts. We we miss miss her. We miss you. Rest in power, mama. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé oh, and nice. our new home at Forever Dog Productions. Yeah. I love you, daddies. Thanks to our... Oh, thanks to our <laughs> Dennis wants to fuck both of you. Just so you know. Oh my God. <laughs> Get what it together. doesn't Dennis want to fuck? <laughs> She's not choosy. Uh-huh. Right thanks, here. <laughs> thanks to our media partner, Into, a scintillating online magazine for queer news and culture. Our producer is the person filling in for all our missing father figures <laughs> Alexandra De Palma <laughs> too I, true I am Tommy Teebs Pico you can find me at Hey Teebs H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on all <laughs> relevant social media I'm Fran you can find me at Fran Squish Co on Instagram Twitter and Venmo mm, I'm Joseph Osmondson you can find me at www.josephosmondson.com and I'm Dennis Norris the second, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T H E E A R L D E N D E N. You can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download golden audio goodness. Mm-hmm. Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes to keep Fran and those jazzy, snazzy black turtlenecks. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I will never stop wearing them. <laughs> find us on Twitter as Food for Thought Pod. On Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read. <laughs> Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights reading lists and uh, extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T-H-O-T. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I missed you guys. I didn't. (laughs) Moby Dyke. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!